Hi guys, this is Gabrielle Mandel of Super Endura and welcome to Creative Conversations. I started my brand four years ago and in that time I've had the pleasure of meeting and working with so many other creative entrepreneurs. I created this podcast to give them the space to tell their story and both celebrate the successes but also talk about the difficulties. These conversations have inspired me deeply and I hope they will also motivate you and invigorate you on your own creative path. Hi guys, it's Gabrielle Mandel and welcome to the 10th episode of the Creative Conversations podcast. I'm really excited that we made it this far and that our podcast was in the double digits. So this is going to be our second to last podcast of the season. Um, We have a really great guest on, Naomi Stein. Um, And I would love to just, you know, every week have a new podcast episode. But the truth is, it takes some time to get really great guests and plan it out and do production. But I'm in the middle of the second season. And I have to tell you guys, it's going to be amazing. We have guests on that I'm just so excited about that have just really interesting stories. I really like trying to find people with varied backgrounds and different experiences. And it's just been I've taken what I've learned from the first season and just um, gotten some really good guests on. And I think we just have some really great creative conversations. So that will be dropping later this year, still TBD, but stay tuned because it's going to be amazing. Um, Our last episode is going to be a solo episode where basically kind of introduce you to who I am and, you know, how I found my way into creating this podcast and my experience from working for, I'm proud to say, 10 years in the design field in uh, fashion design, accessories design, and home design. Um, I've had some pretty unique experiences along the way. And I should have recorded this at the beginning of the season, but I kind of just wanted to jump right into the interviews. I think hearing myself talk, I don't need to do that that much. But I also... Did want to introduce you guys to who I am for those of you who don't uh, know me and just talk about what I've learned thus far on my journey. So please stay tuned for that. Okay, for this 10th episode, we have Naomi Stein of Design Manifest. Now, I had known Naomi for a bit before I asked her to come on the show, but I kind of didn't really know that much about her. And when I finally asked her on the show and we were kind of talking before, she kind of gave me the origin story of both her and her brand. And I was really blown away by that. So basically she went to her dad who owned a contracting business and she said, Hey, I want to come on and learn this business. And she came on and she hit the ground running and learned it and then transformed it into an interior design business from what was once just a contracting business. And that was just so cool to, I think, to transform a business and to teach yourself it and to get clients and to get continuous clients and to really amass a portfolio. So I was really inspired by that. Um, I have been to her studio in the Bach building, which is gorgeous and really shows her unique sense of style, which I think kind of blends a lot of different ideas together, but it's both like really cool and interesting and also totally livable at the same time. And I think that's that can kind of be a tough balance. Um, and so it was great talking with her. Uh, it's exciting to hear that she's in uh, this month's issue of Philly Mag, uh, just talking about lots of different fun things. Um, and before I give more away about the episode, let's just jump right into it. So here is this week's episode with Naomi Stein. Um, sure. Well, I grew up in a big family. Mm-hmm. Um, dad was a contractor mm-hmm. and I, we would occasionally get to go to his job sites. Ooh, was that and like really fun? It was very fun. It was very dusty and very dirty and it was very exciting to see. I always imagined it being my home mm-hmm. and like how actually my biggest, my best job site was an addition he built on our own house mm-hmm. and the way it often goes, he started it and then he got busy at work and mm-hmm. it stopped and it was just covered in plastic for six months, this edition. Yeah. And the whole time I imagined that it would be like my bedroom. It was like, a, obviously uh-huh. it wasn't, it was like a family room, but it would be like my bedroom and what I would put where and how oh, it would yeah. be. And I was, it was like my dream state. Um, yeah. I actually remember like being a kid and 
going into someone's house or being in a like vacation house and just being like, I would be do this this way and this would be my room and just like sort of figuring out what would be what. Yeah, I I was very much prone to the every six to nine month room rearrangement. You know, Mm. the furniture had to go around and um, try the bed over here. I've always really been into space planning and Mm -hmm. like how things fit together. Mm -hmm. That being said, I did not think I would be an interior designer when I was a kid. I never even... I never really believed in that for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's both very it's it's obvious now that I am one, but mm-hmm. it wasn't my dream as a kid. I was did you like I'm curious if you knew that profession existed as a kid? Probably not. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my parents did not have an interior designer. Mm-hmm. Um it it was not in my world. Right. Um, I knew about architects. Uh-huh. I kind of knew about those. And mm-hmm. I actually thought about um, going to school for architecture, mm-hmm. um, but I was applying to Penn State, and mm-hmm. it was a five-year program. Scary, oh, yeah. And they wanted a portfolio, yeah. Um, which I never knew how other kids had yeah. those in high school. Oh my god, yeah, totally. I wanted to. I went to school for fashion design, and I remember visiting colleges as a junior, and then them telling me that I needed a portfolio and that I was supposed to be have been doing art for the last like five years and have this amazing portfolio. And I was like, what? I didn't know that I had to do that. Um, yeah. So I feel like that's really daunting when you're like 16 or 17, where you're like, oh, I'm supposed to have a body of work that like helps me get into school. It, it really was. And for me being an insecure kid, uh, a late blooming kid, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, with very laid back parents. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, it, it was enough to stop me. Had they really known what I wanted to do and, and pushed me, mm-hmm. maybe it would have happened. But I, I think it all, I think it all worked out for a reason. I was able to go a different path and yeah. learn a longer, slower route, which has always been my method. Yeah. <laughs> so um, what did you end up studying? I was a marketing major. Mm-hmm. Um, it, when I was a kid, I was always terrified of being an adult. Mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't picture having a dream job because I didn't I couldn't imagine like working. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So when I thought about college, it was my thought was, well, you know, I should do something that gets me a job. Mm-hmm. That's why we go to college. So I went to the business school and once I was there, accounting was too mathy, finance mm-hmm. was too mathy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I kind of just landed on marketing because yeah. it was sort of like, oh well, it's ideas at least. It's yeah. not <laughs> and like you know, I've been working in the fashion industry for like around 10 years and like only in the past few years do I really understand like how important marketing is and it's kind of like this amorphous thing but it's like so important to like all parts of like a brand and a business and it's funny because it's just like oh marketing you hear that word a lot but really like working in a creative industry you're like wow marketing is like so important to like all the work I do. It really is. And I really don't think I've even really learned about it until I've had my own business, yeah. frankly. Oh, yeah. Because in sure. school, it was all concepts. Mm-hmm. And I think I graduated still being like, marketing, advertising, what's the difference? <laughs> you know, totally. like I knew, yeah. but I didn't know. It, it was good to, it's good to get those concepts in there. But until I implemented it all, did I really Yeah, it's just like understand. these abstract ideas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The fact of the matter is marketing and small business is all about, I think, connecting. Mm-hmm. with others yeah you know I mean you get most of your clients through your clients right. so it's just like it's a newsletter it's connecting it's reaching out it's it's not like not most of us anymore are doing like literal mailers or mm-hmm. the things I studied in school that was mm-hmm. like I don't know very by the book whereas I think it's just um I don't know anymore it's like social media and it's yeah. like taking a realtor out to lunch and it's like uh meeting another designer for coffee and yeah it's but it's, still, you know. it's weird it's like still part of that but it's like I mean I guess you're you're really in this kind of cool industry where you really have a relationship with your customer because I think lots of times creative people are actually removed from like the customer experience mm. and like how that goes so that's that's actually really cool and it it does seem like you are in a industry that's like really relationship based definitely Mm -hmm. very much so I mean I become almost part of the family yeah um, for a little while yeah you're like a fixture in their house yeah I I play therapist between the couples sometimes (laughs) or just with themselves because 
there's so much confidence that's needed. Mm. And, you know, you're spending a ton of money. It's your home. It's supposed to represent you. And what if you're not sure? And being that, that like, um, that strong yet supportive voice for them and the vision, you know, Mm. how to sell the vision. (laughs) Totally. So, okay. So you're in school and you're studying marketing. Uh Um, How was that? Did you like, like marketing or were there parts of it that like, you know, you got excited about? Oh man. Um, there was, I had one marketing for the environment class mm. that excited me. And mm-hmm. don't ask me now what the hell that meant or what yeah. we're doing. <laughs> but I remember that was like something, oh, cool. It was something sort of outside of the box. Mm-hmm. But in general, to be frank, college was a great time for me to party a lot, mm-hmm. learn how to be a person, yes. meaning. I joined a sorority, which was so not me. I come from hippies. Uh And uh I learned how to, like, go to a party and talk to people, which Uh is a really valuable skill. No. But I really developed more, um, what do you say, socially than, like, my – the curriculum. No, totally. (laughs) I think college is – it's weird because you probably can't see it when you're in it, but you develop so much. I feel like I went to college and I did something similar where I befriended this group of people who I thought I wanted to be. And then yes. I realized, like, I feel like I befriended the people who I thought were, like, the cool girls. Yeah. And then I realized, like, I can't hang with them. We, like, they're they're too intense for me. I'm, like, more of a weird nerd. Like, I It's fun to, to like, try out a different skin. Yeah. And you then can I, start over again. I, like, eventually found my people. But I think I was so excited to get there and be, like, I'm going to reestablish myself and this is who I'm going to be. And then I'm just like, nope, that did not work. Yeah. Um, I needed four years to try being like an all-American business girl. And yeah. as it turns out, like, I shifted back the other way. But yeah. glad to have had the time. But then it's like you actually, like, know that that's your true self where you're like, all right, I experimented with this, like, persona and this lifestyle. And you're like, I actually, like, this is what I know and this is what, like, I want to do. Absolutely. Um, it helped me feel confident in finding me, yeah, <laughs> if you will. Nice. Well, that's um, good. I feel like yeah, know, college should do that for you. Yeah, I mean, truly, my twenties that took a lot. Most of my twenties. Yeah. I, so, I, I, so. now, now that I think about it, I'm like, well, <laughs> last year is when I figured it all out. Um, yeah, totally. I, I think there's just different stages where you get to a certain point and you're like okay, no, not to do that anymore. Like, we're not going back that way. Yeah. And then, like, slowly you're just, like, cobbling together. Like, okay, yes, this is what this is what I should be doing. Yeah. But, I mean, no regrets. I came out of Penn State very employable. Mm-hmm. I landed a job in mortgage sales, mm. which was kind of cool because I was like, ooh, houses, you uh, know? Yeah. Um, and I got great sales experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I was one of their top sellers. I don't know why because I talk too fast. I can slur my words. Um, uh-huh. I think people just really felt that I was authentic and therefore bought mortgages from me. Plus, it was the refi boom. So it was yeah. an easy time to do it. But that was a great year for me. I, again, learned a lot about how to sell. Yeah. And that's, I think, something that's so important. And it's, you know, it's such like a delicate thing, like selling and like trying to have someone like believe that what you're selling is like what they want. And I think like, I think that there's almost like many different types of sales people, but I think if you can figure out what works for you and do it successfully, that's that's really exciting. I know myself that I hate to be sold. Mm-hmm. If I perceive you're selling something, I automatically turn off in my head. Oh, me too. So I have to believe in something mm-hmm. and feel like I'm coming from an authentic place when mm-hmm. I do it. Otherwise, it, it feels all icky and I just, I can't, yeah. I can't sell it. So No, totally. I never want to feel like I'm selling in my own business. I know. And sometimes sales feels like a dirty word. And it it really, (laughs) it actually isn't because it's just, it's just the way things work. It's like, you know, I have something, you need something, like I'm going to sell it to you. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I feel like it's, you know, it's never a bad thing to be good at sales. Um, And I think... I think a lot of us creative types do struggle with that though. And I think there's almost even like a, a guilt around making money. Yeah. No, you know? I've, um, I definitely feel that. And the fact of the matter is, is we're, we're creating good for maybe one person, but also that's sort of part of the whole, we're creating good for mm-hmm. all of us. And yeah. it's okay to be compensated for that. Yeah. Like it's a, <laughs> it, like it all works out. No. Yeah. I, I definitely feel that. I, I also know like, you know, 
when I've been an independent designer, it's sometimes so hard to sell your stuff, like your own stuff. And you just like, you're constantly like putting it out there and like trying not to be rejected and trying to be like, okay, well, I got to do this and I got to like make money for myself. And then you're like, do people trust me? Do I seem legitimate? Yeah. And as a woman, I worry, um, do I sound too boastful? I want to be confident, but I don't want to be bitchy. You know, I know there's also that really fine line and it's tough because it's funny in another woman, I could see another woman being a boss and I'd be like, yeah, get it. Like you go girl. And then when it's on me, I'm like, I don't know. Was I like too pushy with that? Or was I like overly confident? Yeah. Such a funny, delicate matter. Yeah. It's something I think about a lot and I, it's still an area I hope to grow Yeah, for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, my ability to command the fee that I, I need to mm-hmm. be charging and deserve to be charging and to just feel comfortable talking about it with clients. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I know. I feel like that has to be, has to be tough, especially when, when you're talking about a large sum of money, it's just, it's always could be like a slightly uncomfortable conversation. Yeah. Um, cool. So you were doing mortgage yes. sales <laughs> right. and Kicking ass at it. Yeah. Yes. And <laughs> and feeling very stressed out mm. and very bored. Yeah. Um, and I had to move to something where I feel stressed out, but not bored. Um, yeah. Mm. So I I decided to leave and mm-hmm. I was 23. I was mm-hmm. still very young. Um, I was a young 23. Mm-hmm. And I just couldn't think of anything I wanted to do mm-hmm. other than the fact that I loved my dad's before, like the the fact that he did before and afters, like he did renovations mm-hmm. and worked in houses. So mm-hmm. I went to him almost because I was frankly afraid to do anything else. But also yeah. I think if I, if I, I was following a bit of intuition and I'll, yeah. I'll talk more about that. But I went to him and I sent, made him a little proposal uh-huh. that I would pay his bills and do his marketing mm-hmm. and run his business if he taught me the business of kitchen and design, mm. uh, kitchen and bath design, excuse mm. me, because he was building kitchens and bathrooms and designing them. Mm-hmm. So um, he accepted and thus began a 10, 11 year partnership where wow. I learned all about his construction company, um, did indeed pay the bills and do the marketing. Mm-hmm. Um Went back to a little bit of schooling mm-hmm. throughout that. Um, I don't even know where to go. But I could go yeah. in different directions. Ooh, what, what, what was that like in the beginning? Because I think, you know, I love when I get to, you know, interview uh, family businesses. But I also feel like you're already working with, like, you've already, like, established a relationship. You're, like, father and daughter. So then, like, you're working together on a business and your dad's business. What was that like initially? Just, like, finding the footing of that. Oh my gosh, I haven't thought about that in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, first of all, this is 14 years ago. Yeah. Um, I was a kid. Yeah. So it was exciting. Mm-hmm. I remember riding around in his truck with him going mm-hmm. to job sites. And we were, I was really in an apprentice phase. So mm-hmm. I was just sort of like following around clueless and kind of uncomfortable with it. But also like it was known that it was okay. Yeah. And he's really easy to be with mm-hmm. um like like he just he never like he was always very very patient with me mm-hmm. he never judged me and I, I don't know it was it was kind of easy and fun and I should mm-hmm. sort of mention that my dad worked a ton when I was a kid mm-hmm. um construction by day design by night supporting mm. me and my three siblings and my mother mm-hmm. so I, like, didn't really know him Mm, that well when I was a kid. And when I joined the company, like, I started to get to know him. And it was really a beautiful thing on a a professional Mm -hmm. and a personal level that, like, we would ride around together and talk. And, like, I started to share personal things with him. Yeah. um, It might have been different had we been, like, really close beforehand. Uh Who knows? But either which way, it, it... we grew together because of Design Manifest. So it, it was cool. And it was very... That's really cool. Like, I don't really know if I'm remembering it correctly, but to me, it just sort of seemed like a seamless, slow yeah. growth. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, in some ways, I mean, the cool thing is he has a business and then you're kind of asking, like, you know, can I, can this be a family business? Can I be part of this? Can I, like, continue this? Yeah. And he was so open and... um 
selfless, I guess I would say, mm-hmm. in that, you mm-hmm. know? Like, first I started out and I, like, was just – it was very contained. Like, I was yeah. doing a job. Mm-hmm. But very quickly – I took over the CAD drawing nice. and then I changed his logo <laughs> and then I added design services mm-hmm. and he never, I never felt like a pushback from him mm-hmm. or like a, a territorial thing from mm-hmm. him. Now, mind you, he had the construction sector. Right. I wasn't coming into the job site and telling him how to build things. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I was very lucky. Like most partnerships, like you... Yeah, they're maybe, like, contained, and you can't yeah. like, grow. Yeah, like, he really gave me a certain freedom to make it my own. And I don't know, kudos to him, because I don't know if I could picture being so open with my baby. Yeah. You know? No, because your, your <laughs> business is your baby, and it is hard to bring almost anyone in to it sometimes and make sure that, like, the vision or what you're doing is gelling but to have that openness sounds like really great yeah yeah i mean i don't know if he just was laid back or branding was never really his thing Mm -hmm. like he was like i do hard work my work shows for itself yeah so i don't know if he was like didn't care as much or he Mm -hmm. just like loved me so much but Mm -hmm. like yeah like i've put so much thought into this point into the identity of my company Mm -hmm. and the fact that he let me come in there and like yeah change it is kind of boggles me though it's i'm very i'm very lucky that i yeah kind of didn't have to build it from scratch i could kind of start on his foundation yeah and have the extra time of you know i was like the day job was like the construction company Mm -hmm. and running that and then the evenings and the weekends it was like starting to build this like i really saw a hole for decorating within Mm, the construction um i hated like designing a kitchen yeah and then coming in at the end and they'd be like oh we hired a decorator and the walls are (gasps) lime green and you're like like, no "No, you ruined it you know so so you really had a vision to kind of grow this leg of it that really was like offering these more um sort of yeah interior design parts of it i did though i definitely didn't I didn't go into it right away with mm-hmm. that. It took, you know, I, I went into it thinking, oh, I'll learn about kitchens and baths. Mm-hmm. And then as we're doing it, maybe maybe like, you know, six months to a year in, I was like, oh, like I want to have more control over the look. Yeah. I don't want to only do the cabinets. I want to do the cabinets and the lights. Right. And the handles. Yeah. Because people ruin your design when, totally. <laughs> like, you yeah. know, the same way, like, and I think of my sister as a fashion designer, mm-hmm. and, you know, she would do what, like design the shape and then mm-hmm. someone else chooses the color and then someone else photographs it weird and then someone else like... yeah no totally <laughs> especially at a big company it's like you really only do the small part of it then it's in so many other people's hands which can both be great but then also lots of times yeah you you lose that control over it yeah so i think i, I you're right i sort of i had a vision for how i could mm-hmm. offer a more holistic design mm-hmm for a home, not just, like, kitchen cabinets. Yeah. So. That's cool. And then did you, like, again, I'm guessing this business were, was for all different types of clients, but did you have in your head, like, you wanted to really bring these more, like, elevated designs, or was it more like, you know, you're excited for, like, any project and, like, working within any parameters or? Oh, no, I certainly wanted the elevated design. Mm-hmm. I did not know how to get it at first. Yeah. So I definitely was just getting my dad's old clients mm-hmm. and referrals from them, which were clients who were coming to us looking for a valued contractor. Mm-hmm. And some of them wanted good design, and some of them styles really didn't align so I had quite a few years where I was working on things that didn't really line up with my vision but just trying to like build the experience Mm -hmm. build the portfolio where you can um but it definitely took a little while to kind of get work that I was proud of to be frank (laughs) you know (laughs) no I totally get that because I think you know in one way you could be creating this dream house that really aligns with your vision and then in another way you're the contractor who's just doing like what these people want and it's really not aligning with your like aesthetic ideas yeah yeah people were coming to us for the contractor not yet for the design and I didn't have the confidence yet as a designer Mm -hmm. to really like help them through early on like it was very much a collaboration and it still is but Mm -hmm. I I'm the driver now early on I just 
I didn't know how to drive the show if yeah. you will, of the design. And it took a long time of making mistakes and figuring things out to now I feel like I really can go into a project. And if someone lets me, mm-hmm. I can come up with a great idea, present it, execute it, you know, like yeah. boom, boom, boom. But it can, there can be a lot of stumbling blocks along the way if people don't go along or if they don't trust or mm-hmm. you don't trust or. Yeah. So how did you like, and against Again, you kind of said it happened over time, but how did, like, what were some of the initial things that you took to really, again, like, shift the business into, like, what Design Manifest is today? Oh, okay. So a big shift was when mm-hmm. I started my design blog. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was in 2009. So pre-Instagram, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So blogs were, like, the thing. Yes. And I was doing a lot of kitchen and bath design at the time. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to get into interior decoration. I wanted mm-hmm. to do more than, like, the whole house. Mm-hmm. And so I actually first I went in 2008, I went to back to more mm-hmm. for a certificate program and started studying the history of furniture and, you know, various mm-hmm. courses in interior design. And I started this blog where I started really just sharing other people's mm-hmm. photos of what I liked and a little bit of my hideous apartment at the time. <laughs> and um, just sort of kept chipping away at it. And eventually someone in Wynwood mm-hmm. found it, who mm-hmm. knows how, mm-hmm. and hired me to do her foyer. <gasps> and that was the start of it. That's so cool. Um, but yeah, it was just sort of show showing other, even rooms not by me, but rooms that I liked to mm-hmm. help define my aesthetic and attract yeah. people to who had a similar mm-hmm. aesthetic as me. Um, yeah. It was, you know, the early days. Yeah. My dad did not get it at all. He thought I was wasting my time on this blog. Yeah. Like, he just didn't. Which is so, it's, I remember you telling me that before, and it's interesting, because <laughs> I also think probably in the beginning, like, things like blogging or Instagram, like, no one could sort of see what we see now of how they're these really important, like, storytelling mechanisms yeah. that, like, you can't really say how you're going to design it, but if people can see images and they can see your taste level and they're like, oh, well, I would never think of that. But this, you know, you have your finger on this this great idea. So, yeah. 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 It's definitely these amazing tools that like we now use all the time in like creative work. Um, yeah. And then I guess from there, did you just like keep growing and getting clients? Yeah. Yeah. Um got a few interior decorating clients learned a lot in the beginning Mm -hmm. had to like construction and decorating are very different Mm -hmm. and very similar yeah and so I had to figure out like a whole new business model and I had to get a resale certificate and I had Mm -hmm. to find sources for right that's another thing you're working with all these figure out like how how to charge for things and like it it was a huge learning curve. I kind mm-hmm. of created a new wheel when mm-hmm. had I worked under a different designer mm-hmm. or even like probably went out and researched, which mm-hmm. I've never been one to really mm-hmm. do. Um, well, it sounds like you were learning as you did it. <laughs> I was, but um, I'm just now starting to like look at other people's contracts and like, mm-hmm. how do people do things? Am mm-hmm. I doing it the right way? But mm-hmm. it, it was a huge learning curve that in the beginning I spent a lot of time like Figuring out like, oh, I got to order furniture and then ship it to a receiver and they hold on to it. And then we deliver it to the house and so much logistics. so many moving parts. (laughs) Yeah. And I guess it kind of like I think the nice thing is about you going to people's homes and you're actually involved in like this physical thing. Like you're like, I mean, I know you're probably not moving all the pieces in, but you're like overseeing things. Oh, yeah. You probably I guess a lot of times do you like have an idea in your head and then you get to the space or you just do you ever have to like refigure things out or is it pretty like oh no I, I always refigure things out mm-hmm. I am not one of those people who walk into a room and know what I'm gonna do yeah um kudos to them mm-hmm. that's a cool skill but I am a marinator mm-hmm. I need to measure I need to study the light I need mm-hmm. to like go to bed and dream about it and then like think about it over eggs and mm-hmm. it move it back and forth and obsess over the balance and it's it's never linear it's Mm -hmm. never linear for me it's a lot of 
editing and going back and looking again and taping it out on the floor. And yeah. Like, so it is like yeah. a, a really interesting process. And it seems like a, you know, not just a one and done, but a like. No, not not for me. I think everyone's different. Mm-hmm. But I um, and I've learned that, you know, because of that, like I'm not going to be doing like long distance e-design where I design your room right. from afar or like that's mm-hmm. just not for me mm-hmm. you know like the kind of design I do is is slow design mm-hmm. and um it I I thought about you know trying to offer like quickie packages mm-hmm. I thought about like the best ways to do it and I'm just really realizing now that like okay no like this is where mm-hmm. I do best so mm-hmm. I should really focus on what I do best mm-hmm. in my business and not try to like offer something for everyone mm-hmm. you know I'm more like I need someone who's willing for me to come in and take my time Mm. which means money yeah like you know yeah but I guess for your clients it's like I mean I think it probably has to be such a cool experience because I think the clients probably have their own ideas but then you come in and you're bringing them your own ideas and you guys kind of like sit together and figure this out um I'm guessing I'm just paraphrasing what you do (laughs) Um, but it seems again like I think what's really cool is the kind of human aspect of it where, again, you're creating something, a really special environment for your clients. Um, Was there any project that was, like, super amazing that you want to talk about? Oh, God. The one I'm doing right now is super amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, We're still in the middle of it, but it's absolutely my dream job. Mm -hmm. And I'm hopeful that everyone from here on out will be like this one. Yeah. But um, so I could talk about that. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it's this project in Fittler Square. Mm-hmm. It's a whole house renovation. Whoa. Um, and which I've never done before. Um, the renovating is expensive. Mm-hmm. You know, first yeah. and foremost. Um, most people when they buy a house, which is what these clients did, just buying the house alone is like, well, okay, well, seven yeah. rooms are going to sit empty for a while. Totally. Um, this particular client um has had been saving for. Mm-hmm. probably 10 years and renting and this mm-hmm. is their first home and they are doing it up wow. and they found me through a realtor who I didn't even know mm. um she she walked through a house that I did that was that was sold and was impressed by it and remember my name so she gave my name out they found me and we were able to dive in mm-hmm. before they even bought the house I measured the house I redesigned the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I was able to carve out space for an extra bathroom, mm-hmm. an extra half bathroom, and an extra laundry room mm. that, like, the previous design didn't feature. Wow. So, first of all, it's going to be the best house on the block because yeah. they're all the same in Fittler <laughs> mm-hmm. Square, and this one's going to have, like, all this extra stuff, and mm-hmm. which makes me so happy. I love space planning. Yeah. And then from there, we're just furnishing the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And... Whatever. That's just like the nuts and bolts. The the, the good part is that the people are so nice, mm-hmm. so trusting, um, so fun. That's really like cool. I'm able to blend traditional with modern, with like quirky, mm-hmm. with serious. And they've just been game for all of it. Mm-hmm. So we're still like actively picking the stuff mm-hmm. as they've already they've settled. They chose my contractor. They demolished everything. Wow. I walked through today. We were choosing all while the lighting is going. I haven't even picked the lighting yet. Wow. So I'm kind of like racing and running mm-hmm. while like loving it. But like it's crazy amount of work. But it's really inspiring. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I'm rambling. But I no, don't mind. that sounds like, like I'm like literally visualizing <laughs> this. I'm like there with you in this apartment and like looking at lighting fixtures. I mean, it's just so neat to have a client who trust you mm-hmm. and has the budget to be able to do quality work because yeah. what I get to do is create a custom wall covering with dusted backdrops here in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Um, create a custom dining table with a company in Ephrata. Like I'm really mm-hmm. relishing the chance to have locally sourced products. Yeah. To have it be like a Philadelphia home, you yeah. know? Like I feel like so much of the new construction around here is not Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. It's like thrown up there in some kind of yeah icky modern style. And I just want to bring it back to like mm-hmm. make it feel like a really special, really personal, um, really quality 
family home. And yeah. I just, I don't know. It's like so special. I'm really excited about it. No, that's really cool. And I feel like, you know, I know furniture designers and other designers here in Philly. And it's great when you're like, oh, yeah, like I know the person that I like got this from. And like, I know like that they worked on this. And this yeah. is like, you know, made out of like good wood or like. Yeah, like we things. we supported a local family by buying this versus like filling your house full of crap from China. And like, look, yeah. sometimes you got to balance it out. Like yeah. you got to have the budget things and <laughs> the custom things. You got to have a few IKEA things. <laughs> you know? Well, well placed IKEA Yeah, things. Wayfair, you know, it's great. But um, this just really resonates more with what I value mm-hmm. as a person. Like I've been thinking a lot about my company and do my company values line up with my values. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I hate about my business is the waste. Yeah. You know, so if I can putting quality items, local items, Mm -hmm. it at least feels, I don't know. No, it it feels feels better. (laughs) And I feel like it it really does, you feel that community aspect come through. And that I think is really, that's like really exciting. And then people feel good about the products that they own because there's like, you know, they know about them and it's not really just a product. It's like something very special. Um, I'm curious where you get your like inspiration and maybe even like, I feel like there's so many places to get inspiration, but then, and there's probably all these like editorial home things, but then how do you translate that into like an actual like living space? Oh man. <laughs> um, okay. Inspiration. Um, you know, certainly magazines, mm-hmm. catalogs, yeah. I'll go through my mail and like tear out catalogs, mm-hmm. Instagram though. It also really bums me out. Um, travel, mm-hmm. you know, like just I love like going to restaurants and like Ooh, yeah, you know, know. yeah like I, Steven I Star like restaurants are always well done and like checking out their tile details. Soraya is beautiful. Oh, I was I was just literally <laughs> thinking of that. I went there for the first time and I was like, oh my god. Yeah. So definitely a mixture of. I mean, look, the easiest thing is like the screen, the visual, the magazine. Mm-hmm. But I also find that I'm most inspired when it's um, more tactile, mm-hmm. when I can touch and feel. So if it's going to a furniture show and like mm-hmm. seeing the stuff or going to a show house and like more than just the beautiful photo, like how do they deal with that awkward angle? You know, they never show yeah. in the photo. Like what they do in that corner? Yeah, like how do they make totally. it balanced? So just like seeing as much as I can. And also art. I try to go to art galleries or mm-hmm. really more art museums. I guess mm-hmm. I go do more. Um, I try to go once every couple of months. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if it's just going back and staring at Matisse again and again. Like, uh, Oh, my God. I could look at Matisse all day. <laughs> I just – I'm always drawing, like, color inspiration from that or, mm-hmm. um, like, at the barns. Like, I love, like, kind of thinking about, like, that molding. Like, his molding yeah. they chose with the arrangement and, And that's you know, a really cool architecturally – architectural building oh, too God. i know yeah i went to see falling water over the summer which is oh, a frank Lloyd yeah. Wright house which i kind of hated on the entire time i was there mm. but i still learned a lot you know mm-hmm. i remember leaving that thinking i could design something better hello full mm-hmm. of myself but whatever i mean yeah. i could you know yeah i know it's so interesting so yeah i'm actually curious about your own home design too like you know h- how do you design your home and also, you know, I'm sure you see so much stuff and you go to trade shows. Are you constantly wanting to, like, redo your home or do you, like, have, like, a method or something? <laughs> I have gone through many phases. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I think my own home redesign is mm-hmm. tied to my emotional happiness. Mm. Meaning if I'm going through a breakup or if I'm unhappy, I'm redecorating a lot. I'm expressing yeah. myself through, like, let me change this. Let me mm-hmm. explore that. If I'm really content or busy, like, I haven't touched my apartment in two years because it's just – I'm happy and it's fine. Mm -hmm. Um, So it kind of varies. But um, my own space tends to be probably a little more neutral than some clients, Mm -hmm. a little more ragtag in that, like, Mm -hmm. I am – a big fan of like Craigslist and auctions. I don't Mm -hmm. mind if something's a little bit more beat up than maybe a client piece and a little bit more, I tend to be more bohemian Mm -hmm. than most of my clients. So like Mm -hmm. I'll like throw together a bunch of like random pillows Mm -hmm. and it's not always quite as polished. Right. Um, But yeah, it's all kind of, it's all kind of, it all comes together. It's all kind of the same. Like I appreciate a mixture of modern and traditional and I tend to do that in my home and in in clients' homes as well. I want Mm -hmm. it to feel like 
a collected, um, I don't know, menagerie. Yeah. You know? and it's, it's interesting. And, you know, I kind of work in home design as well. And it's really interesting how you have all these different ideas, but then how do you actually like marry them together? Yes. And I do feel like people do lots of times look over the more neutral pieces, which then, you know, allow you to focus on the more statement pieces, but you know, the neutral pieces really do tie things together. Absolutely. I mean, not everything can be like the tap dancing star of the room. Yeah, Otherwise totally. you would feel really, yeah. you wouldn't, you want to feel like harmonious. I know. And, and I, I've seen <laughs> homes like that. And I understand that like some people like love the maximalism and yeah. like love having it at like 11 every day. Yeah. But, but if I you're think... a maximalist as I think I am, mm -hmm. editing is really, really important. Yeah. I mean, more so important probably than... Oh, I think it's always important, but mm -hmm. what, who was it? Coco Chanel who said, yeah, mm -hmm. you get dressed and you take two things off. I mean, before mm -hmm. you walk out the door, it's the same thing in design. Like you got to like take a little bit away right. to you appreciate. See, you see everything, then you kind of yeah. refine it. Like, take, take a few things out. So that's, I'm nice. still learning that. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask if there's any like uh, cool things on the horizon or any fun stuff you've worked on recently. I'm pretty wrapped up in this whole house project. Um, mm -hmm. We do have some other projects lined up coming up soon, like a big addition. I'm going to design um, Devin. You want know to do soon? I haven't done it yet, mm -hmm. but I'm a big fan of talking about things before they happen because mm -hmm. then they happen. Mm -hmm. I'm going to design and build a house from scratch. Ooh, that sounds That's amazing. Because I, I love renovating, but why even pay for a house mm -hmm. that's built wrong? Like why not? Yeah. Like, find I don't know like really planned it from the ground up and like make everything as functional and beautiful as possible from the start it just seems more efficient no totally so I'm gonna do that I just haven't I need to find the right client right <laughs> who wants cool. to finance it yeah um but yeah I'm feeling a, a lot of passion around that yeah so and I know that by the time this episode comes out you'll probably be in Philadelphia magazines so yeah I right to, um <laughs> yeah ask you what that was like and that's also you know a really fun thing to celebrate um yeah I was they reached out to me a week or so ago and asked me if they could profile me for their kind of sore page mm -hmm. which in their words is um They'd like to, like, pick the brain of someone who's interesting and mm -hmm. cool about what they love about Philadelphia. And I was so excited and delighted when they asked yeah, me. Yeah, that, um, that sounds great. <laughs> I'm actually kind of weird about press. Like, mm. I get, like, a little bit – I tend to have, like, the day after Christmas effect. Yeah. Like, I get a little bit, like – I think afraid to be excited. And then once it comes out, I'm like, well, I'm not really sure to feel. Yeah. And this one just feels maybe because it's me and not a room I've done, but it just mm -hmm. feels like I'm really honored and delighted. And I do want to celebrate it. Yeah. Um, which I've had a hard time doing in the past. And I think it's so important, mm -hmm. especially if you're like in the hustle of being a small business owner, like to take a break and celebrate once in a oh while. Oh my God, yes. No, <laughs> totally. And the truth is, I think, you need to celebrate things big and small because I think, um, I think you like have to acknowledge like this is a milestone or I'm growing here or like we figured this out and to celebrate it because then it just if you're just constantly going and you're not yeah. taking stock of like all you've I accomplished it forces you to step back like step out and look at yourself mm -hmm. and it's really easy for myself to get be so wrapped up in my to do list. Yeah. That I don't step back and look at my portfolio or look at um, what's going on in my life and, like, think, wow, like, good job, Naomi. Like, good yeah. job. Like, still a lot to do. I could <laughs> be a perfectionist. Yeah. But, like. <laughs> it's cool also when someone else comes to you and you're like, oh, I didn't even think you, of that. You like see me this way? <laughs> yeah. What? Like, why don't I see myself this way? Okay. No. Um, it's like that nice, like, outside validation where you're like, all right, I, I think I'm, I'm doing something. Yeah. Yeah. And a way it kind of bums me out that, like. I was, like, so surprised by it. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> Whatever. It's fine. It's you know? Like, Who, me? Yeah. <laughs> but um, it, probably better to stay humble. So, yeah, you know. Yeah, no. But, I, um, I definitely agree with that. Yeah. Um, it's, it's nice to have some local rec recognition. I mean, Philly is such a great community town. But it's also a bit of an insider town. Yeah. And you I, know. <laughs> I kind of hate that. I mean, part of the reason for me doing this podcast is, like, 
I feel like I know so many cool makers and like, I'm always like, do you guys know about this? This is like amazing. And I kind of just like wanted the space to like, you know, have these people on and talk about things. Cause I really feel, and I grew up outside of Philly and I've only, you know, been back here for like around five years, but would, you know, would come back when I was uh, living in New York. And I just feel like Philly has this such a cool creative design movement happening and just, I'm constantly meeting people doing really cool things that like some of them I've never even like heard of those things. I'm like, wow, like yeah. this is such a great community. And I like I want to spotlight it and like, you know, yeah. give people space to talk about it. I think we need it. I mean, I can only speak from the home design sector, mm-hmm. but I feel like there's a lot happening, but it's people don't really necessarily know about it. Yeah, there's no stores. We can't seem to keep like. a a retail or design center around and waiting for it to catch up a little bit (laughs) totally and also sometimes I feel like in the Philly press I only hear about like the same like four people like all the time and I feel like it's such a wide net of people doing like vastly different things that I just feel like you know there has to be more sharing of that I was actually just talking about this with um Gina Tomain who's the lifestyle editor of Mm -hmm. Philly Mag last night Mm -hmm. and I was I was asking her I'm like you know I see a big difference between the old guard Philadelphia and mm-hmm. this new movement happening. Like, how do you guys kind of juggle this as a magazine? Yeah. And she's like, that's a great question. And it's our constant <laughs> challenge. Like, yeah. we don't want to, like, blow off, like, mm-hmm. the, the longtime readers. But, mm-hmm. like, the city is changing. And, like, we want to yeah. kind of represent that. And we don't yeah. really know how. Like, yeah. Oh, okay curious well that sounds get the conversation going it sounds good (laughs) that yeah they're like contemplating those things and yeah i do feel like it is a city kind of in flux and changing a bunch i mean there's always so many things happening in a city but yeah yeah all right well i have just one last question and it's a very like broad gargantuan question that i ask almost every guest at the end but um i kind of created this podcast for a lot of people who are maybe thinking of a creative project or um, looking to start a creative business. And I kind of wanted this podcast to kind of be something they could listen to and maybe they get advice or they get ideas of how to do their thing. But is there any like advice or like things that you learned that you want to pass on? And again, I know this is like the most broad question, but sometimes I love hearing what people like learn or think along the journey um so (laughs) I think that I was thinking about this earlier Mm -hmm. and I would say if you can act with um intention but also intuition Mm. um you can get really far and what does that mean um intention means like look you got to plan, mm-hmm. um, maybe make a business plan. And I never have, but you got to like, you know, research and think about it. Um, but you also just have to act. And I guess that, to mm. me, that's where the intuition kicks in. Like mm-hmm. I, um, always kind of just like took steps mm-hmm. and like dove into something I was unqualified for, mm-hmm. learned along the way, like did a little bit of this, like expanded into that. It never was, like, a huge jump. Mm -hmm. Um, I I didn't go from – I had the luxury of not going from, you know, like, becoming – like, being a teacher to, like, being a designer. I just sort Mm -hmm. of, like, took on a job and another job and then Mm -hmm. then wrote it in the blog. And Mm -hmm. I was able to look back and realize, like, how much I accomplished. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm saying that because I have some friends who feel like they have to have it all figured out before they take their very first step. Yeah. And I think it's really hard to get anywhere um, unless you just like start to get the experience mm-hmm. and try little things out. And if it's design, it's like design a friend's room, you know, yeah. take pictures of it, like start a blog, like put your ideas out there. Like um, you don't have to necessarily be like a fully fledged yeah. thing before and you. That's such great advice because I feel like so many of us think that. Like even any project I start, I'm like, well, what's the angle and how big is it going to get? And it's just like, no, just like do it and like figure it out and like give yourself time to make mistakes and just like, you know, yeah. uh, like, you know, be in it, like experience it. Don't just think of like the end goal of what it is. Yeah. Also, I tend to 
not be a good secret keeper. (laughs) I I tend to like talk about things. So like Mm. I talked about moving to Bach way before I signed the lease. Mm -hmm. And I kind of just like told people and talked about it and talked about it. And then I was like, well, I guess I have to do it. I wasn't sure if I was going to do it, you know, but I kind of just like put it out there and then it came true. And I really believe in that. Like in just like putting your stuff out there. Yeah. No, totally. I kind of did that with the podcast. I was like, I think I want to do a podcast. And everyone's like, that's great. I'm like, okay, cool. So I should do it then. I'll do it now. (laughs) Now it's happening. And like, since you told people about it, you're like, I told her about that podcast a few months ago. I guess I should start to make the podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like it holds you accountable. And like, look, the worst thing that happens is that it doesn't happen. No one's, most people aren't going to be like, weren't you going to do that thing? (laughs) No, totally. People are like so forgiving and like, People, like, want you to experiment and, like, figure it out. Yeah, But you got to practice saying it. If you, mm. only, if you only keep it inside and marinate and marinate and marinate on it, like, it's it's hard to get anywhere. Yeah. I've actually – it's funny. I took, like, one business planning class, and they really talked about it, that you do the research, but then you take action because it's, like, if you just spend your time doing all this research and figuring all these things out, it's, like, things are going to move and things are going to change, and you just – you also just have to, like – do something you can't just like you know yeah. you can be the most prepared but if you don't do something that's yeah. like not gonna get you anywhere I've always been one to like dive in and I guess I'm just following like some kind of passion so if mm-hmm. you like if you have that and you like chase that mm-hmm. eh. yeah you'll yeah. figure something <laughs> out you'll, you'll get somewhere something will happen yeah you know? <laughs> you'll learn something or you'll be wildly successful I don't know yeah and even I think lots of times we do something and we come out on the other side and you're like I didn't really like that I'm not gonna do that and it's like even better now you know you can do something that you actually want to do exactly yeah cool well thank you so much for coming in this was such a beautiful conversation um so thank you again thank you I hope you were inspired after hearing that story. For more extras on this and other episodes, check out www.superindera.com. We would love if you could subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you do your podcast listening. And please give us a rating and review. Be sure to check out our Instagram, where we are always posting new content about brands we love and our own brand. We also love hearing from you, so please feel free to email us at info at This episode was recorded and produced by Gabrielle Mandel. Theme music by Kevin Bendis. Kevin Bendis is also our audio engineer and sound mixer. We will see you back here next week where we sit down with another creative entrepreneur and listen to their journey and what they have learned.